Young, 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 extremely young Thomas. Hello there. Hey, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Now look, pal, if you were a, I've seen pictures of the guy. He's not bad looking. If you're a good looking 65-year-old billionaire diamond trader, what's probably the last thing you want to do? Get your member enlarged? Yes. This knucklehead, he was half Belgian, half Austrian, billionaire diamond trader. He goes in for member enlargement surgery, and he dies on the table, Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) But sadly, the procedure was a success. They're still having trouble shutting the casket, Thomas. No. Yes. Oh, that's so sad. (laughs) Mine is at half mass for him right now. (laughs) I want to know whatever happened to patient confidentiality, huh? Totally out the window. Shouldn't he have just gotten a big giant piercing with a huge diamond? Wouldn't that have worked better? (laughs) Down there? Yes. Oh, and we all know how painful that can be. So I guess diamonds aren't a girl's best friends, are they? No. Hopefully when he meets St. Peter, they'll have something in common. Get it, St. Peter? (laughs) (laughs) You liked that joke, didn't you? Yes, I did. I just pulled that out of my yin-yang. You know, I was always told you're never supposed to sweat the little things, right? Right. I guess he did. (laughs) I guess he did. I remember what I've told you many times. I always say this. Better to be smaller member than still be alive, right? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) He could have just paid women to lie about the size of it. You think? Yeah. That's what Anthony Weiner did until it caught up with him. <laughs> oh, the possibilities of a great headstone, isn't it? Did you say headstone? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make a pun. I don't believe that. It might be nice to erect a statue for this upstanding man, you know? Anything that's erect and upstanding, <laughs> I think, gives honor to this gentleman. I wonder if his estate will have an endowment fund. Endowment fund. <laughs> I got a million of them. You buddy. do have a million of them. <laughs> Try the veal. Friends said that he strived for perfection and wanted to achieve big things. Big things. Yes, he did. It didn't work out for him so well, did it? You know, at 65, <laughs> they say, just be happy that it still works, right? That's right. I guess he had one of those little Napoleon complexes. Hey, if I'm 65, and I'm not, by the way, right? I'm just happy that I can wee-wee right. on All a regular the- basis. <laughs> and not have to get up too many times. That's right. <laughs> Tom and Mike. Now, both of us are old enough to remember when Blockbuster was a big thing. Do you remember those days? I do. Do you know that at one time there were 9,000 Blockbusters, and since Perth, Australia just closed theirs down, that leaves one Blockbuster left. It's in Bend, Oregon. No kidding. Yeah. And do you know that tourists are coming from far away as Taiwan. That's keeping them open. It's keeping them in business. Yep. They open, they said they open 10 accounts a day. Wow. This is a shame though. Kids today will never know how difficult it was going to a blockbuster and picking a movie that had already been not there. Right. Or the whole family can agree on. Do you remember those days? I do. Those were fun. Those were fun stores. You could buy popcorn there. They were all about the fun. Remember the folks that worked there, they were uniforms that kind of look like uh, referees, right? Right. Yeah, what was that all about? I don't know. It was like uh, a <laughs> blockbuster. <laughs> I don't know. You know, you'd go there a lot of times and the thing wouldn't be in. You know, you'd always want a movie that wouldn't be there. Yeah. At one time you thought, wow, what a great stock to own, blah, blah, blah. And then just overnight, it just went to nothing. Correct. And, and isn't it interesting because right around the same time, Netflix came on the scene, you know, they were doing these mailers to everybody. This is before internet streaming. Right. And you thought, boy, that is just the dumbest idea ever. Right. And look who ended up winning. Winner, chicken dinner. I remember you had to, did you have to rewind it or they'd find you or something? Or That's right. That's right. Be kind, rewind. 
Right. So Blockbuster, and what's the other thing that went out real quick? The the rock rock and roll. What's it? Cafe or what was it? That that restaurant. Oh, chain? Planet Hollywood. Went yeah, out. yeah. I remember Schwarzenegger and a couple other celebrities. Yeah, Demi Moore. Right. <laughs> I think Planet Hollywood went out with their careers. <laughs> If people want to get a blockbuster, you're going to have to go to Bend, Oregon. There's one left. But people are coming from all over the world just to experience this blockbuster phenomena. That's so weird. People are actually sending photos of abandoned blockbusters, like pictures of your dead grandparents. They're sending them to this place in Bend, Oregon, the Mm. nostalgia and all that. So the millennials that were listening to us, they'll never experience a blockbuster. Isn't that sad? It hasn't been that long, has it? Millennials remember blockbuster, I'm sure. Do they? Oh, yeah. They don't remember much. (laughs) (laughs) You're so bad. Tom and Mike. All right, putty. Now, let's say you're a waitress. You're 21 years old. I kind of like to be a 21-year-old waitress. Yeah, me too. Really a hot one. Working at the Diva Diner. And all of a sudden, four people come in. A couple with their two kids. One kid's about two years old, and he's got like a towel over his head. And then there's a girl 11 years old. When the waitress sees the towel come off the kid's head, she sees bruises on his face. And the daughter, the 11-year-old, also has bruises all over her arms and stuff. So the waitress calls the police. It's amazing. And these parents were picked up for... Uh, Child abuse? Yep. Amazing. What kind of the, restaurant was this? It was a Texas smokehouse in Wichita, Kansas. Okay. I thought the abuse would be bringing them to the Olive Garden. The Olive Garden? Yeah, it's the, I'm sorry. It's the Olive Garden. Oh, it's the Olive Garden. The Olive Garden. Okay. You ever been to an Olive Garden? Yeah, yeah. I love the endless salad. How about you? You get endless salad, breadsticks. It's fantastic. Do you like Olive Garden? I've never been to one. Really? Right. You and Claire should go. One of the few national chains that I love. It's like eating in the kitchen of a delightful Italian stereotype, isn't it? No. (laughs) You must take the tour of Italy someday, my friend. The tour (laughs) of Italy is all these wonderful creations from that great land, Italy. You know, Chris Christie has a book out called Let Me Finish. You know what it's about? Right. It's about getting those breadsticks. Yeah, and that endless salad. Right. Like endless salad is going to help him with his weight problem. <laughs> People who get excited about unlimited salad and breadsticks at Olive Garden seem a little depressed, don't they? <laughs> Are you making fun of me? You know, this is important. If you see something, say something. We've always been told that, right? Always. I hope these people are in jail for a long time and those kids are put in good homes and... I don't know. I didn't know exactly where you were going with that story when you were talking about taking the towel off the head, but okay, <laughs> you're fine. That'd be a little suspicious, wouldn't it, if you came to a table and the towel's over a two-year-old kid's face? Unless they were Muslim. Tom and Mike. You've been married a long time. I've been married a long time, and we're lucky. Do you know how long you stayed married to your partner could be linked to your jeans? To my Calvins? <laughs> to your Levi's, to your Wranglers? A Yale study examined 200 couples ranging from age 37 to 90 years old. And when people fall in love for a variety of reasons, the length of time you stay with your partner could be linked to your genes. The gene is known as oxytocin, the love gene. And experts say that if at least one partner has a gene, the couple have a greater chance of marital bliss. That's a great concept. The chemical is produced by women during labor to help bonding with their baby that stimulates production of the breast milk. So they call it the cuddle gene also. Ah, <laughs> that's so sweet. So hopefully we have it in our marriages. Right? Yep. I came from a family where there was no divorce and so did my wife. So I'm thinking maybe, you know, there's a good chance we have the gene. Although that's not so true for you, right? They might have been stayed together. That's right. Your dad passed away. Very early. He was only 39. How about Claire? Parents were married their whole life. But here's the thing. 
her first husband was a knucklehead. Yes. So, you know, there's no accounting for the mistakes you make along the way, right? Yeah. And you're right. I always thought it was more likely you stayed married long term if your parents were married a long time, right? Right. Although my grandmother used to tell me that a man must have his teeth and a good pair of shoes and it would work. That's all it took. That's all it took? Like a good pair of teeth and a good pair of shoes. How about that? Life was much simpler back before our millennial generation, right? Yeah. All these genes, almost all every week I have another story about genes. By the time they get done linking every positive or negative behavior to your genes, makeup, every criminal court's going to have a defense, right? That's I'm not responsible. It was my genes. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. Oh, there is have... such a thing as predisposition. Right. And when you figure it out, would you let me know? <laughs> this science is amazing, though. These genes. And look what they're doing for guys that have been in prison all these times with the DNA and everything. It is remarkable. It is. I wonder if a guy possesses such a thing as a big member gene. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't even think about that story. That, that <laughs> poor guy. I can't. Jeez. He's going back to a previous story. Yeah. And if you didn't hear it, you must listen to our podcast to get the full story at What's This World Coming to... Dot com. Tom and Mike. Another one of these stories that just you scratch your head. An 11-year-old boy, right? His dad's a cop. And the father is disciplining the kid. And he takes away his Xbox and his PlayStation. The kid goes out to the car, somehow gets into the dad's glove box, gets out his 45, comes into the house. His dad's in bed and he shoots him in the butt. <laughs> oh, wow. What a rotten kid. <laughs> hey, I'd give him up for adoption, wouldn't you? I think I would. Parody definitely pump. take away the Xbox and the 45. <laughs> You're grounded, kid. Yeah, no more guns for you, bud. And no more video games. See, it was just like a video game for this kid, right? Paging Dr. Phil, paging Dr. Phil. Yeah, where is he when you need him most, right? <laughs> yeah, only a good guy with a gun. Oh, wait a minute. He was shot in the butt. That's the guy right. with the butt. And you got to tell me this. Is this bad parenting? Or is this a, just a bad seed? I'm serious about this because the kid's 11. And to do that, you just don't do something like that. Was is his that name a, Damien? No, but seriously, do you think that's bad parenting or do you think it's just a bad seed? I think it's probably a combination of both, right? Right. I mean, I'd lock the door when I slept at night, wouldn't you? I would definitely do something with that kid, you know. Come on, that's just over the top. But so at least he did have enough compassion not to shoot him in the head, right? <laughs> So obviously there is a direct link between video games and gun violence. See? Not enough statistics for you to prove that fact, my friend. But you know, one would think, yeah. I take that gun now and I put that Xbox and that PlayStation out back and I'd shoot the hell out of it. That's what I would do. <laughs> That's a great idea. Wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Tom and Mike. I know that young Thomas has two pretty little dogs. They're old now, right? Yeah, they've gotten kind of old. They're pretty old. 13 years old. Right. I was actually a millennial when we got these dogs. There you go. I was. I know that. I believe you. But I'm guessing, you know, you didn't take them out for a lot of walks these days, do you? No, Karen does that. Right. But then even but if they you don't do... walk too good, they get right. tired. They just sit down and you have to pick them up and take them in. But people that do have dogs. I mean, we're just lucky they can still walk, you know. Right. 13 is old. Seven years Seven, times yep. each year. So that'd be... That'd be I mean, almost 100. Uh, 13. No, that'd times, be 101. Seven times seven. Yeah, seven. they're blind, too. They're, yes. Did well, you know that? They are so, seriously blind. So, we so, talked about that before, and they can find their way around perfectly. Don't ask me to explain it, but both dogs are kind of like... You know, when they hear your voice, they're looking all around like, where's he at? Where's he at? You know, they're doing their Stevie Wonder. It's crazy. Oh, all, all they need are some sunglasses. Right. 
<laughs> well, anyway, for people who do have healthy dogs, you know, you can only go on so many dog walks or go to the dog park so often. You know, dogs need something a little bit more excitement. So now, all across the country, little doggy gyms are popping up. Doggy gyms? Doggy gyms. What a We're, great idea. Why didn't I think of that? You know, half of American dogs are overweight. And these doggy gyms, they have jumps, they have go under tunnels, they have weave through, you know, different things. Even treadmills, and they swim in pools the whole nine yards. It, it provides mental and physical stimulation to your pet. And uh, I think it's a great idea. And they're usually about $100 a month to join one of these things. Can you get a personal trainer for you? I don't know. Only in Hollywood, right? Right. You know, they still suffer just like regular gyms. They have a lot of hair and drains in the pool and the saunas. Do you know that? I do not. But, but it does kind of make sense. And you know what they watch when they're on the treadmill? The Bachelor. The Bachelor. They're trying to get at it. And they want to bite the hell out of it. That's what I would do. But remember the old days, your dog would have a six-hour nap, then they go out and terrify a squirrel for a couple minutes and come out for dinner. That was a typical day, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people might laugh about this, but you know what? You haven't lived until you see a 25-pound Pomerani lift his weight eight times on the weights. You ever see that? I have not. That sounds impressive. <laughs> I've seen those squirrels that, you know, water ski, but I've never seen that. So what about little kitty cats? Because not everybody's a dog person. What about the cat gym? Matter of fact, if your dog is really good and you want to take him somewhere else, you can take him to the cat house. The cat house? Yeah, baby. Something tells me it's not exactly a gym. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't think cats have the disposition or the personalities for something like that. They're too into themselves. Right. They would, exactly. I think this is a great idea, a doggy gym. I do too. Right? Sign me up. <laughs> not too much my old dogs can do at the doggy gym. That's and I'm, sure. I'm guessing if your dog is overweight, you're not getting enough exercise yourself, right? That's right. That's why people are got dogs that are fat because they're fat. And they're not walking them. What you know, you after a good day's about? workout at the place, they, they go to a nice fire hydrant. They have a fire hydrant for everybody. I see. You remember those days, don't you? Sure. Dog would stop at a fire hydrant. Why do, would they stop at a fire hydrant? What's a fire hydrant? It's a source of water. Water. And <laughs> what happens when you're reminded of water? You want a wee-wee. <laughs> the and dogs are you, smarter than you think, my friend. You still turn on the sink, do you, when you pee, don't you? <laughs> yeah. How did you know? <laughs> I know you. Oh, uh, That one uh, time I stayed at your house, you had cameras, didn't you? I kept on hearing that water, that faucet going. Mm. And then I heard two trickles. Tom and Mike.